0: Hey y'all, this is Nitha, and you're listening to Underground. Today we have Carly Fox, who's an Australian DJ based in London. Her sound and her music are heavily inspired by Detroit and Chicago roots. She's a DJ, she's a producer, she's a label owner, and she has a massive presence in radio. Hey Carly, how's it going? I'm good, how are you doing? I'm good okay to start off with um so what exactly got you into the space of music
1: um gosh okay well i mean i grew up around music my mom was obsessed with music. She had a drum kit and she always played music way too loudly and pissed off all the neighbors in in our apartment (laughs) building. Um so I yeah, I mean I just grew up listening to all sorts of music. I never kind of realized that you could actually make a living from it. I, I honestly didn't until I kind of started doing it. And I left school. I happened to just fall into being a nanny. So I was looking after little kids. I left Australia and I moved to London, doing the nanny thing um, and, you know, raving heavily on the, on the <laughs> weekends, um, that I even considered learning to be a DJ. I honestly had no idea what a DJ even did. Like, I didn't understand, like, mixing two records together. I was completely clueless. All I knew is that I loved music and I loved parties. So I found this guy, that lived on my street, I paid him to teach me to DJ. And then I just went around all these venues in London just and I made up a whole load of lies. I was like, yeah, you know, I've done I've DJed and I beat I've done this, I've done <laughs> that to get my first gig and to to get experience. Um so that that's kind of how it all started really. Wow, that's amazing.
0: <laughs> and kind of clever, fake, fake it till you make it. <laughs> yep, so your music is known for reflecting the 90s sound and it draws elements from the iconic Detroit house, acid, and disco in harmony with like your individuality. So, how did you achieve that kind of balance and how did you go about finding your sound? Ah, oh, gosh, I, I only I feel like I've really only found my sound
1: properly in the last year or two. For me, it took a really long time, especially because I am so into so many different types of music. You know, outside of DJing in clubs, I listen to anything but electronic music, to be honest. I just, I love so many different types of music and have worked across so many different genres. So it kind of made it a little bit harder for me to find my sound because I just love everything, you know. (laughs) But I've always, even as a kid, I've always been into older music, especially within dance music, like that kind of very early house sound, like proto house, late 80s, early 90s, Chicago and Detroit. It's, for me, it feels like there's just a little bit more soul in that music. Um, And I think that that's why it connects with me so well.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get that. What got you to, like, how did you find your sound? Like, what have you tried and tested and did work or work?
1: When I first started DJing, I definitely started out playing a lot harder, tougher music. And to be honest, like, if I listen back to my sets from then, it, it sounded all over the shop because I was still learning, still experimenting. So I played a lot more kind of techno, I would say. But as time has gone on, the music that resonates with me more is stuff that, Is a bit more soulful and is much more groovy and um i think now in my sets they're they're quite eclectic yeah i don't know i just just groovier stuff works well so in answer to your question just doing it and playing at so many different venues for so many different parties and people and just playing all different types of music. There's like literally no type, there, there isn't a genre I haven't played. So when you do it for that long and put in those kind of hours, it just, it just kind of happens organically, I would say. Yeah.
0: Um, so your debut release was uh, Let Me Be Yours, which was in 2015, and it was on Dance Love Records. And then just two years later, you founded your own imprint, which was Love Story Recordings. And then not only did you release your own music there, but you also give this platform to like other artists to like showcase their releases and their own talent. So what exactly was like your thought process behind making your own imprint? If I'm really honest with you, The reason I started it is because no
1: one would put out my music. So I was like, "Ah, fuck it, I'll just do it myself. Um, And I've always, you know... I've always really been into championing um, and discovering new music and, and new artists. That's what excites me. And I just thought, well, the platform's there. So, you know, it's, it's easy enough to put, to put a release out. Um, and I would always be listening to and discovering new tunes that hadn't been signed. To, so it, it made sense to me. But these days, I mean, I haven't put a, a record out on that label for quite a while now. I, I do a bit of A&R for uh, a company called Material Music. And within that company is five different record labels. So there's Stress Records, Need Want, Future Disco, uh, Back to Mine, which is a compilation album, uh, and another smaller label. So I've been busy signing records for those rather than my own platform. So I kind of I kind of forgot about love story until, <laughs> until you brought it
0: up. <laughs> yeah, but that's a really brave thing to do. I mean, uh, to to start your own imprint and release music because like you have that much faith. I'm not sure if it's that I have faith in it. I think it's just that I just don't give a shit.
1: <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's I don't really I don't care what people think. <laughs> you know, I love working in music, um, but I try not to get too caught up in it or worried or stressed about things. Because in the end, like, we're not saving lives. We're just, we're lucky enough to just be playing good tunes or making music. So, you know, ultimately it's, it's not, you know, that big a deal really, is it? So I just try and, you know, keep it
0: lighthearted. And speaking of making music, so what DAW do you, do you use to produce?
1: I'm going to be really honest with you again. I'm making a tune at the moment with my friend Daisy Bell, but I haven't made music for a long time. I've more. Be, I've been focused more on doing radio and pushing that side of things. Uh, but when I do uh, Logic, I think I would like to use Ableton because I know that it's a much quicker, easier process, but... <laughs> I can't be bothered
0: <laughs> <But> learning,
1: <laughs> right. learning a new software program. So uh, yeah, I, I use Logic.
0: Okay. Um. So when you started producing, is that, is that the same door that you started with?
1: Yes. Yeah, okay. it was what I've used from the beginning.
0: All right. And what's radio like? So you said you've been working uh, on that aspect more lately. So what's that been like for you?
1: I really like, I feel like that is the direction that, I'm headed in because I'm, I'm very aware that, you know, DJing in clubs has an expiry date and radio is for me something that is much, much longer term. And I just, it just feels right for me because, you know, I mentioned, I love discovering new music and new artists and to be able to talk about that and share that is you know, it's such a cool thing. Uh, and how did I get into it? Do you know what it was? I was working in a music, uh, in a recording studio, and there was a guy in uh, in one of the studios who did voiceovers. And yeah. he was, he came up to um, our little studio and was like, "Oh, does anyone, does anyone know any Australians?" And I was <laughs> like, uh, "Yeah, me." And he's like, "Oh, I forgot you were Australian." And he said, "Oh, could you do me a favor and just do this little voiceover thing for me?" I was like, "Yeah," and I did it. And quite liked it. I just thought it was fun. Then when I listened back to it, I thought, oh, I don't don't sound too bad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so from there, I ended up putting together a voiceover reel uh, and sending it to a few agents again I had no idea what I was doing i was just, like I just had a go um, yeah. and uh, an agency got back to me and they're like oh yeah you know we'll put you on our books. so I started doing some some voiceover work and then from there uh, I started working at Future Disco Records and the guy who runs the label was doing the radio show at the time and then he suggested that I have a go at at doing it. And I, I, you know, I thought, Oh yeah, that kind of ties in perfectly. You know, I do my voiceover stuff. I am DJ. I love, you know, discovering and talking about music. So I started doing their radio show and it took a good year of doing it every week to feel even remotely confident or comfortable doing it and I think now I've been doing it for a year and a half and I really feel like I'm I'm in my flow now and I've started doing another radio show uh, for Amazing Radio. They've got a station here in the UK and they've got one in the US too. Uh, so I'm doing it all the time, uh, and I can just feel myself getting better and better. So yeah, I'm excited to see
0: where that goes, and that's really fun. I also do a little bit of voiceovers on the side, so I, I Ew, see, It's I, so I, fun, isn't it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love
1: it. You kind of get into character, and I, yeah, it's just it's so easy and fun.
0: Yeah, it is. Going back to the track that you're working with uh, right now with Daisy, um, yeah. tell us a little about that.
1: Well, uh, so if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see that I've got my BFF, Daisy Bell. We do, uh, we both play, you know, have our own thing going on. But we have this weird thing where we just, it's like we share a brain when it comes to music. We're really on each other's wavelength. So we started doing back-to-back sets together, mostly because it was it was just more fun. You know, we're best friends. So it was super fun being able to play together. We had the exact same sound. So it sounded, you know, cohesive. And we found that everybody loved it because you know we were vibing off each other and that kind of energy spreads and people just loved seeing us having so much fun together and that you know rubbed off onto them so really been pushing uh, that back-to-back thing and you know daisy produces as well she's got a couple of releases on nervous records in the us and we just thought oh it made perfect sense to do a track together um i'm not going to tell you what song it is but it, we're doing a cover version of uh, a house record that mm, it didn't really do anything. Not many people know about it. But, and I listened to it and I was like, oh my God, it feels like such a waste. It's such a good song. So we're kind of doing our, our own version of that.
0: All right. So when you guys are producing, what is um, what, do you, what do you start with when you're making music? Like, do you lay down the beats? Do you already have an idea? Or like, how, how do you guys go about it?
1: For me, it's, um, it varies, often, often the drums though, but with this one, because we are covering another song, we, we started by getting the vocal of this song re-sung. So we got our friend Tasty Lopez to re-sing it. She's just amazing. So we started with that. Then we built some drums around that. And Daisy Bell is really good at bassline, So I left the project with her to do a bass line. And then we're actually, we've got a studio session uh, booked in next week uh, with a friend of ours who is an amazing pianist from a, quite a famous 80s band and he's going to be doing like an, he's going to be recording an epic piano solo us. oh my god I'm sorry if you can hear that that's some really loud car horns beeping so yeah. <laughs> yeah he's going to be he's going to be doing a piano solo and he's got loads of um really nice synths that we're going to use as well so that's kind of where we're at with that track
0: is that going to be something that's like an element of surprise or can you tell us who it is? it's an element of
1: surprise I'm gonna keep you hanging (laughs) (laughs)
0: all right fair fair also like what favorite plugins or like are your go-to plugins that you use when you're producing
1: to be honest I'm not I'm not really like I don't get excited (laughs) by the, the techie side of production I'm much more like I don't have fancy plugins or anything because I go to a mix engineer to do my final mixes I'm you know, I'm really straight up and honest about that. It, you know, it takes a really long time to be able to mix records well. And number one, I have no interest in, in that part of it. I love the the musicality side of it. I love the ideas. I don't. I just. Really have no patience for eqing a kick drum. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And there are people that are a really good at that, and b really love it. So I work with other people uh, to finish records off. So I just use like the Logic plugins, and then I use my mix engine, mix engine, <laughs> and really fancy ones.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so yeah. what, are you, what are your favorite Logic built-in plugins? Because those are also helpful, and a lot of people when they're starting out also just work with that. I like to add a weird reverb to sounds and then
1: just use the wet signal, take out all the dry and you can make out, make some like really interesting kind of sounds that might almost sound like a synth, but it's just a really strange kind of reverb on its own. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, Yeah, so I, I don't know. I just like to play
0: rounds, and i really can't can't think of anything off the top of my head i also really really appreciate the honesty because i think that helps a lot of artists too do you so, know what i'm all about like being straight up about that stuff this the
1: thing that kind of annoys me about the dance music industry is everyone's like oh, i don't know it's a bit like oh you know you're not a, you're not a producer if you don't if you know if you work with other people or whatever and i think that is a load of of rubbish and so many different parts of the music industry you know in the pop world with major labels all that kind of stuff that's certainly not how it works in you know the mainstream music world you've got you've got artists who are singers or songwriters or both but often you'll have an artist works with multiple songwriters to write an amazing song, then they'll hook up with a producer and then they'll hook up with the sound engineer. There are lots of people involved in that creative process to, you know, get the best outcome. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. It's a collaborative process. And, you know, there are some people that are amazing at all of those things and can do it, you know, all on their own. And that's awesome for them. But I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, working with other people or, you know, not like me, who cares if you're not interested in like the nitty gritty of, you know, the technical side of production. It doesn't mean that you don't have great ideas or, you know, you can't write a song, that kind of thing. So yeah, I have no shame in saying that. And there, <laughs> the vast majority of people do work with other people. They
0: just don't say it. No, no, I do know that. It's just, yeah. <laughs> which is why I'm like, I really appreciate the honesty because not a lot of people talk about that. So that's really cool. Yeah, I just, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Um, so you've um, had to move countries, obviously, as you said, from Australia to London and uh, doing what you do in an industry the way it is. Um, what have been like your personal lows and like, how have you dealt with that?
1: Um, just trying to think. Well, I mean, when I moved from Australia to London, I was only 19. So I very much feel like London is my home. I don't feel very connected to Australia anymore. I've led my whole adult life here in the UK. Um, and, you know, when I go back to Australia, I've got like two friends. <laughs> and I never found moving, I, you know, moving over here for me was just the most exciting thing ever. I found there was a moment probably about three years ago, maybe, uh, where I'd been DJing. You know, it took years for me to be able to just do music. You know, I was working, I told you I was working as a nanny when I first left school. And there were years, like probably seven years where I was working full time as a nanny, you know, looking after kids and then DJing. Four, sometimes five nights a week until three in the morning, just pushing so hard to, to make it happen. And I got really bloody tired. And, you know, after doing pushing and pushing for so many years, you kind of you know, get a bit fed up. And about, yeah, it was a couple of years ago, I said to Daisy Bell, I was like, right, that's it. I'm retired. I'm officially retired as a DJ. And in my head, being retired meant that I wasn't going to push for anything anymore. I just made a decision, you know, I kind of put it out to the universe that I was just going to take what came my way. And funnily enough, as soon as I did that, when I stopped pushing, that's when everything really started to change. And uh, I just, yeah, it's kind of been quite effort, effortless since then. But there have, I wouldn't say there have been like massive low points or anything like that. I quite enjoy, you know, having something to work on that I'm so passionate about. But I just got tired. I got really tired because I was doing 5 million things.
0: No, I get that totally. But that's amazing that, you know, you can kind of stuck with it and it it's just, you know, it comes organically. Oh, I,
1: you know, I still do push, but in a different way, in a, in a smarter way, uh, I think. Saying no to shit gigs uh, okay. before I would just say yes, 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 yes to anything. And I think that that is a really good thing to do at the start uh, because the, the hours that you put in and the experience you gain from doing those shit gigs really makes you a better DJ and it makes you appreciate the really... You know, great things when they do come. So, saying no uh, more and just being a bit smarter, maybe in the way I network, being just being more
0: selective, I think, overall. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, also, now on the contrary, what have been like your biggest highlights so far? The
1: biggest highlights. Actually, just a couple of weeks ago, when I did a back to back set with Daisy Bell at Fabric in room three, it was, uh, for a party in London called Disco Disco and it was sold out so it was rammed the the queue to get in was all the way down to the tube station and Mr G who is one of my favorite DJs he played a disco set which was just insane he was so good he played in room one and what I loved about his set was that I did not I'd never heard one record and that for me is what be, being a DJ is all about I don't want to go and hear tunes I already know. I want to go and shazam the shit out of (laughs) you're set because i love the tunes and i don't know what they are and i didn't know one of the tunes and i just did not stop dancing the whole night we played i think what time did we play it 11 to 1 our room was full right from the beginning it was so fun so that was definitely one of my highlights uh what else i'm not very good at being put on the spot like this (laughs) no that's okay uh actually probably my radio shows you know they're only small but I get so much satisfaction out of them. And I'm really pleased to have found another project that I really want to work towards getting better at. Yeah, my radio shows are definitely a highlight as well.
0: Oh, Lastly, what would be like your word of advice for like budding artists and producers who look up to you? Like what would you like to say to them?
1: Number one, as I find this a lot within uh, dance music, listen to all sorts of music. There are so many DJs that are starting out these days that are just, they only listen to dance music. And for me, even if you, even if it ends up that, you know, you are just, you play underground dance music in clubs. For me, being a DJ is about understanding all sorts of different music and how different types of, music connect with different types of people and situations and scenarios. And I think that it's really, really important to be knowledgeable about different genres, um, different eras, and it 1 million percent makes you a much better, far more interesting DJ. So that would be uh, my number one piece of advice. I mean, for me, I have done so many different types of gigs. I, I was laughing the other day because a memory came up on my phone and it was from a gig like a hundred years ago when I was just starting out DJing. It was at a dog show. Like my audience were actually dogs and the music brief was that I could only play songs with lyrics about dogs, <laughs> <laughs> which is obviously like terrible. <laughs> but um, that is just one of many types of crazy, ridiculous gigs that I've done. But that it's that kind of experience for me that has meant that I can turn up anywhere in any part of the world and play to any type of person, any age. And I can just whip out some music that is going to make them feel good. And all that experience and all those mad types of gigs has just made me, putting in those hours, has just made me such a better DJ and so confident, just understanding of different types of people and and dogs. <laughs> for me, it's just doing as many different types of gigs, even the ones that make you feel really uncomfortable, because it just makes you so much better ultimately.
0: Yeah, that's really helpful. Thank you so much for coming on board and you know giving us insights on the things that you do. Oh, thank you! Thank you so much for reaching out to me. It's really really nice chatting with you. So that was Carly Fox. And if you guys have any questions, feel free to send me a voice message. You can click on the link below. Or you could reach out to me on my Instagram handle, which is at the rate It's at NIDACHAKRABORTY. Until next time, thank you for tuning in.